Hey, you know people who get all serious around food? My friend Greg is one of these people. He'll be like, ooh, what is that? You got a hoagie? Yeah, you got a toasted hoagie bun. Nice. Is that a tomato peeking out? Yum. Uh, yes, and you can stop staring at my hoagie, Greg. Head over to Tim Hortons for freshly made-to-order hoagies, now just $3.29. Choose from four tasty options like classic chicken, turkey, Angus steak and cheese, or ham and cheese, just $3.29. Great quality at a great value. It's all good at Tim Hortons. Price and participation may vary. Naked shamanism. Welcome to With Insights Radio. I'm your host, Iggy Garcia. I will take you on a journey across the universe through shamanism, metaphysical, and holistic. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. All right, all right, all right. How are you doing today, my friends out there? Welcome to Iggy Garcia Live. This is our podcast here on with Insights Radio and on Sprecher, we are uh, broadcasting live from an undisclosed location in my universe, in my life. Yeah, my shirt says, uh, say hello to my little friend. It's a little gnome guy. For those of you who know me, I'm a small guy. But um, I'm kind of, you know, stout. But either way, enough about me. But uh, hey, I want to welcome everybody to the show and welcome everybody to another episode 25. How are you filling your cup or your mug or your glass or your bottle or whatever you fill uh, things in life with. But uh, I want to just take a minute and just take a little moment to just take some breaths. Just kind of bring in that energy a little bit and just kind of relax as we prepare ourselves for this show, this episode. Mm. So today I get to talk with my, my day people, people who are awake during the day or who are ready to go to work in the evening. Most of the time I do a late show and I'm catching everybody who is going to bed or just getting up or can't sleep. But uh, so all of you who are joining us, uh, welcome to the show. And um, this will be pre-recorded. This will be on the YouTube circuit. Uh, will be on my personal web page. So you'll be able to watch it. So if you miss it, no sweat, no problem. But um, I wanted to sit here and just talk to you a little bit about, you know, just how you fill your cup and what that means to everybody. And that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For me personally, um, you know, I, I had to reflect on that and think about how am I filling my cup? So when I'm, that word is very vague in a sense, but I guess it's how you fill your time, you know, who you give your time to, who, um, what you give your time to, towards, you know, and different things like that. And because I, I was thinking about that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, sometimes I feel, I personally feel like I'm spread out all over the place, you know, with family and friends and in uh, volunteering and helping in situations and different things like that. So at what point, you know, am I feeling something for me personally? What's in my cup? Is even the stuff that I'm doing, is is that something that I'm feeling uh, for everybody as well? Do I get a, you know, some satisfaction, some, you know, a little bit of feeling of good inside that? I know we're not supposed to necessarily do that, but there is an aspect of human beings that, you know, we want to be recognized for the good things that we do and the things that we bring to the world and to the table. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I really don't believe so. I think we've been kind of told, no, you know, we shouldn't be so egotistical about stuff. But it's not really about ego. Um, it's really about just being ourselves and how we be, be ourselves is just by doing the things that we like to do, the things that we do, the things that we share. So uh, like on my One Minute Changes um, clip that I do or once every week or so, I, I had a cup, which is an octopus. 
and it has its tentacles and you know its suction cups and you know the power power of the octopus and uh, and I was thinking about that and I was thinking you know the octopus has a lot of hands and a lot of arms appendages and it can kind of get into any crevasse anything small it can actually fit because it doesn't really have bones except for its beak on its face where it actually just you know that's how it eats but everything else is very very supple and very soft and very and can be you know transformative and can adapt and can, uh, octopuses can change colors they can actually spray uh, an ink out of their body you know to you know stay away from prey so they don't get caught and eaten because you know bigger things eat smaller things and but either way the octopus is a very powerful medicine you and my friend Heidi House some of you know her uh, she was on my show uh, about a year ago or so and we were talking about different animal totems that's one of her totems and I, I always find it fascinating she using this mug so always it's always it's a cup of gratitude for me so this mug it's just remembering you know that what my friend brings to the world and you know what possibilities there are and so that's how I fill my mug I fill my mug with the people who are in my life people who are you know in my sphere of influence and people who are with me so so you say so how do you fill your mug well like I'm saying, you can fill it with nourishment, you can fill it with love, you can fill it with, you know, anger, you can fill it with anything you want. It's really up to you. But what I like to do is just take little pieces of paper, paper that, you know, sometimes I don't print right, and I like to make them to these little squares. And that's how I, you know, support, you know, not throwing things into the landfill. And then I recycle it, shred it down. But what I do with these pieces of paper is I write little notes to myself. I write little things to myself. And, um, you know, I jot notes on them. And um, because we go through paper like crazy, and you know, the other day I was thinking about how fast we go. So what I do is with with these things is uh, another friend of mine, some of you know, is Adriana Arts. She actually writes these little notes to herself or something that happened in the day, and then she'll write on there, and then she'll fold them up, and then she'll put in a jar, and she'll put it in a jar, and then at the end of the year, when she comes back, the beginning of the next year, she'll go back and read all the notes that she wrote, or all the notes that people have left her. All little little messages that were left behind. So you know that's kind of like a, a, a simple type of journaling. You know, another way of journaling that you get to go back and just read these little these little love notes or these um these little reminder notes and whatever's whatever you want to write. <clears throat> so filling your cup is is vital. I think it's important. Sometimes we we worry so much about helping the world and helping others that we forget about ourselves, and then we become weak to to the fact that we don't have the energy to help and support others because we've given so much of ourselves. So how, how can we help ourselves? How can we manifest you know, energetic moments in our lives where we're actually feeling good about ourselves? Well, I mean, it's, it's really up to your imagination and how you think about things. But some of the easy ways is, is by working out, if you can, physically, getting a massage, uh, having dinner cooked for you, or you cook dinner for another, you know, taking a walk. I mean, it can be very simple. It doesn't have to be very complicated. Filling your cup. Filling your cup is just being able to make those decisions very quickly. And making decisions quickly also puts us in a frame of mind of moving forward and progressing forward. Sometimes when we sit, we contemplate, and we think think too much, we, we make things into a bigger story. And then we write, you know, attachments to these stories, and we keep creating them in, in the scenarios of what ifs, what happens. So being decisive, too, is, is important in filling your cup and knowing what you want to do. And you might have to do that several times. You might have to go several times and go, well, what am I going to do? Because the most important thing is the moments we have with each other, the moments that people are, are in our lives and the things that happened yesterday are valuable and there are good lessons and good memories to have. 
and the things to come in the future are all dependent on how we respond today, how we respond in this present moment, how we move forward. So many of us are, are really just landlocked in our, our minds about what occurred to us or what happened to us or how we were treated or how we treated somebody else that we get frozen and we get stuck and then we can't move forward. And, um, you know, that's kind of a funky place to be, a, a weird place to be and not be able to share, you know, yourself with the world. I mean, just imagine there's there's 7.5 billion people on this planet and everybody is manifesting simultaneously. Some are through dreaming right now because some of them are asleep. Another group is awake. But look at the things that, you know, we put in our cups, you know, energetically in the world. Right now, <clears throat> the world is putting some weird stuff in their cups and some weird scenarios, some weird situations. I mean, we're putting, you know, some really weird ideologies. And they're weird for me, okay, because I, I, I really have issues when we do other things to other people, to humans, and, and how we treat them. Human beings, um, sometimes I think we forget where we come from. You know, we, we all come from some source in some place. I mean, we don't just randomly appear. Uh, something had a play in, in that. There was a big part in that, had a big play in that. Who it was, what it was, we may never know. But we do feel the energy. We do feel the draw. We do feel that movement that moves through us in the universe and comes into us and out of us and through us. And, uh, you know, some of us call it God, some of us call it universe, some of us call it, you know, Christ, some of us call it Buddha. It really depends where you want to land in your belief system. But I'm not here to talk about your belief system. I'm just here to say, you know, sometimes we have to be free and open to the possibilities that, you know, you know, that we, we are creators too. And that we are as unique and special as the creator created us or the creation created us. And... As the creation creates, I still believe that creation is still creating. It's still evolving, still moving. The reason I have proof of that is because nature evolves. Nature is always adapting, always moving forward. You know, the antibiotics that we take today don't fight off <clears throat> bacteria like it used to. And, you know, infections and stuff. Because those little those little bacteria, those little germies, those little things, they, they, they adapt. They evolve. They learn. And they're a high intelligence just because they don't think like us or look like us doesn't mean that they're not. And so as they're progressing through their evolution, we have to progress too. So what happens is some of us don't make it. Some of us don't evolve. Some of us don't move forward. Some of us don't pass the gene pool to the next generation because, you know, nature has a way of selecting and pushing forward things that are going to be healthy, things that are going to be valuable. And I'm not discounting that, you know, the persons who don't make it weren't valuable to us. It's just nature has a, a system the way it works that we just don't understand. Mother Earth is a living uh, sentient being in herself. She is just, she's a, she's a, a big ball, yes, but she's a living big ball, um, you know, and she has a lot of things upon her that she has to, you know, maintain. Just imagine your human body and all the things that you have to maintain, all the flora in your body, you know, all the embryos in your body, all the, the midichlorians in your body, all just all those things that we house inside of ourselves not alone outside of ourselves on the skin on the surface of our skin on our head or but inside of our body all the things that live in us in order for us to survive blood cells cells you know um you know the intestines the organs everything has its function and the earth is the same way and when we look at the earth you know it's it's amazing to see the comparison from her to us and what goes on in our body 
you know, also as, you know, through our system, you know, the fungi move through our system, the fungi move through the body of the earth as well. And it's ready to break things down. Same way with us, when we prepare to move to the next incarnation, our body breaks down. The fungi inside of our blood cells start to lock and load and start to do their job. So there's 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 a divine order to things in this planet. There's a divine way to things moving and things, you know, the way they just processes it. Sometimes it's it's hard for the human mind to process and to think about. But you know, I invite you to just just, you know, ask yourself, <clears throat> how am I moving through life? Am I moving through life in a way that's, you know, conforming? You know, is it a way where I'm independent? You know, when you think about it, we conform and we're all dependent all at the same time. And especially in this country, we're 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 taught to believe that we are free people, that we can do things we want, but yet we have to pay taxes and we have to obey laws and different things, which is normal because there are laws to the universe, there are laws to nature as well. But we also conform, even though we're independent and we're rebellious and we do, we do have some type of conformality where we are, you know, we we surrender for a moment, just a moment. To allow certain things to move through and certain things to process now if we want to change that well then we have to actually work through that process and work together and as a group work together and for example i'm going to bring up an example how human beings work and this is a very weird example but it's the most current example i can give you all right without getting too uh, political Get, yesterday or whatever happened there was a man on a flight there was actually several people on a the flight they were asked to uh, you know, to uh, get bumped out and take the next flight or get, you know, reimbursed and get some kind of, but one of the gentlemen decided that he didn't want to do that. It wasn't an option for him. He wanted to go home. But um, it turns out that, you know, his resistance, you know, he didn't, you know, it didn't go his way. So they basically escorted him off the plane by dragging him off the plane. <laughs> and, you know, I hate, I would hate to be that guy, but that happened. And, you know, how many times has that happened before? And we didn't have our cell phones before. We didn't have any way to communicate that. And in an instant, we communicated to the world what had happened to this particular person. Now, did we communicate this because we felt sorry for him? Do we communicate because instinctively we were, were we just programmed to record uh, anything that goes against our, you know, our well-being of man? I mean, I thought about that. So why did, why did, why did a plane of 80 or 60 or 70 some people um just start recording and why didn't anybody just stand up and say hey you know what what's going on you know and just you know instead of watching this man being dragged out everybody was just sitting there and you know they were just kind of stunned and i guess they were in awe so at one point at what point do we as human beings say hey you know this is not correct did we just witness something that, you know, could that, that could have happened to any of us. Any person, that was a random draw on that plane when that happened. So at what point could that happen to us? At what point would anybody stand up for you? Would anybody have stood up for them? And would everybody say, hey, why does he, why did the four employees from United Airlines have get the right to travel, you know, uh, over this guy, you know, and he wants to go back to his family. And why does he have to wait? Why can't they just wait for the next flight? Well, I'm sure there's reasons for that. But I thought about that. Yeah, there's two sides of the story, three sides, four sides, six sides. But either way, excuse me, I saw people just sit there and I heard people screaming. And I heard, you know, from my account from the video. So, I mean, that's not a very good account. But 
a lot of people, you know, I don't know if anybody stood up for that guy or stood up to the authoritarian, the authoritarian, the authority, the authoritative, you know, uh, presence of the police or the security who were there at the airport. And, you know, not, and I wondered about that, you know, how, how, how that played out. And I thought, hmm. But, you know, in another way, what ended up happening was, you know, they lost a lot of sales and their stocks dropped. So a lot of people protested. And a lot of people went out of the way maybe to sell their stock or not purchase tickets that day because of what they saw. And I guess that's another way to uh, show, you know, this corporation, hey, you know what? You can't do that to us. And uh, maybe that at that moment when your people are just, you know, you know, it just happens so quickly and fast. But how many times does it happen to us in life? I mean, how many times do we sit there? And injustice plays out like that and we don't do anything or we or we do do something. I mean, I'm not going to speak for all of you or any of you, but you know, how many times have you seen a homeless person, you know, who just wants to fill his cup and, you know, who probably is drinking, who's probably addicted to drugs. And I'm just projecting here because that's that's kind of how we see things sometimes about homeless people. But how many times do we just walk past these people? How many times do we just say we see them out of the corner of our eyes and we just kind of go act like we didn't see them, but you know, damn well, they saw you because you know, that's what they do for a living. That's what they do for their life. That's how they survive. They, they know how to pinpoint and pick people out of the crowd and, you know, and approach them. And uh, sometimes, you know, it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. But um, the, the thing is how many people walk past homeless person every day and without blinking an eye, just ignores them. And, you know, it could be an unsafe situation. I get that. I get I get all the scenarios and stuff, and I understand that. You know, the other day I was with uh, a friend of mine, and we're driving, and this homeless person is on the side of the road, and they come up to me. And, um, you know, he's like, he has a sign that says help on it. You know, I'm conditioned to read something that says help, and I don't know if this guy maybe has a flat tire or what. It turns out he just wanted some, you know, a dollar or cash or whatever, you know. And so I grabbed some change out of my the little change thing that we have in our car and I gave him whatever I had there. And of course he was fumbling through it and dropping it. And then my friend next to me goes, you know, Oh, don't, you don't give him that. He goes, you're just, you're just contributing to his addiction, you know, contributing to his way of life. I'm like thinking, you know, I understand what you're saying. I totally get where you're coming from. And I, I understand that, but you know what? At any moment, any of us could be in that position, you know, not because, we lose our jobs, not because it could be anything. It could be a mental breakdown. It could be an emotional trigger. It could be, you know, we, we, our house burns down. Then we have nowhere to go. We have no family, but you know, ourselves or nobody else wants us. So at what moment can you become homeless? And at what moment do you just drop all your, all your beliefs and just, you know, you ask people, you ask for help. Now, granted, some of these people may be real homeless people. Some of them may be fake. I've seen many things on on social media where people are fakers and they make hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, begging. And, uh, that's shocking to me, but, um, but it's true. But I thought about that. I'm like, so my friend's like, also oh, I gave him a different perspective to look at. I said, you know, I mean, I understand that, you know, we are contributing, but how many times are we contributing all the time? You know, when we don't speak up and we don't talk about issues that are happening in our own world and our own lives and our own government and our own situations, aren't we enabling that also by just being quiet and silent, not protesting, not, being active and not being involved. So there is no difference if I wanted to give a homeless man, you know, my dollar bills in my pocket. And then if I'm not going to go do anything about helping the homeless situation, if I'm just going to sit back and watch it happen, 
there's no difference. So, you know, it's just a matter of choice and preference when you want to do it. But, you know, think about that. How many people are homeless and they dress very nice and they look very good and you just don't know it because they don't want you to know? How many people go malnourished every day in their house, you know, when they walk out their door because they don't have enough food because they're living beyond their means in order to show the world that they're okay and they're making it, you know, and all they're eating is, you know, you know, peanut butter crackers and, and maybe dog food like some elderly people had been reporting years ago when I was growing up. They were talking about elderly people were having situations like that where they were just eating, you know, animal food because it was cheaper. But how many people go through life like that? How many people do you know? I mean, none of you know my life. I could be a homeless guy, right? Just in the in my own basement. That's all I do all day. But the point is, we never know what's happening to the other person and why their cup isn't being filled, why they're not getting into the motivated spots that, that you think they should be. See, and it's always about us where we perceive and what we project upon other people, why they're not making it. But yet alone, those are just projections of us, why maybe we don't want to be there or go there because that's too scary. But, you know, I bet it's tough being homeless. I bet it's tough, especially in the wintertime, you know, when it's freezing cold and then, you know, the homeless shelters are completely full. Where do you go? I mean, what do you do? You know, so it's like, man, it's just, it's crazy to even think that, you know, we, we just ignore our brothers and sisters, but we do. And the same situation, you know, plays out when we, when we go and we bomb other countries, we assume that there's something going on, you know, what's, because we're watching from the outside and we're not in. And then the intel that comes back to us is reported in a certain way that paints a picture. And, you know, none of us, I including myself, I mean, none of us, I don't think none of us really know the true essence of what happens in anybody's life or happens in the world when it's getting fed to us and digested to us through, you know, means that are, you know, controlled by people who have a lot of money. You know, our lives are, you know, every day we get up and we do a routine. We go to the store, or we go shopping, or, or we take our kids to school. We, we, we live in these boxes, these little square boxes. Some of us, you know, most of us live in these little boxes. And, you know, we have these four walls. And most of us, not all of us, but most of us don't even know our neighbor next door. But we'll drive 20 miles or 15 minutes to meet, you know, a friend who lives on the other side of town. Now, I'm not saying the situation is ideal sometimes for people to meet. but at one point, are the people that are around us, you know, do they have value to us? You know, my neighbors, I know them. I know this one. I know this, but I don't know them. You know, I don't know them. And I've never taken the time to actually, not being honest, to meet them. I have tried to, you know, engage in conversation with them and try to speak with them. But it's really weird. It's weird to sit there and, um, you know, just, you know, living so close to somebody. I mean, right on the back step of your door here and then. Then they just there's no relatability, and I guess that's what we do have in common is we all like the neighborhood. We're all in the same neighborhood. We all kind of want to be in safe neighborhoods. We want to be in places where you know we can feel comfortable. So I mean, these are little things that you probably think about sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't cross your mind. But what do we do to help other people fill their cups? Well, first we fill our cups. Our cups are important. My cup right now. Has coffee in it, and it's cafe con leche, so it's a little bit of Latino swag and a little cream, sugar, made a little bit strong, a little. But you know that's the thing. You know how are we filling our cup? Our cups are very important to us because each one of us have our own little cup. We have our little place and where we feel safe, and we do the things and we hang out with the people that make us feel safe. 
and that's valuable and that's important and it's important to have and it's important to have people who that you feel that way and a lot of us who don't have that it might be something to learn something to practice something to uh, you know evolve into something to get into and so filling your cup it doesn't have to be something that's drastic it could be something that'd be very subtle very simple very easy i mean if you like pens, you can put pens in your cups. You can put stones in your cups. You can put whatever. You can you can plot. You can pot, you know, make a little plant. Just pot them, put some seeds in there. And, you know, your sunflowers are growing. And then some, some other little plants in there. So, you, but, you know, when you look at it, you know, I'm, I'm looking at these little plants that I took this from seed from, you know, a couple years ago. And I planted them. And, you know. <clears throat> they're doing their own natural thing. Now, the thing is, they don't necessarily have a brain like I do, but they have an order. They understand their job. Their job is to be in good soil. And when they're in good soil, to release, let go, and start to work downward and then push upward and start to reach for the sky, reach for the sun. They love my lamp. And, you know, but they do it very, very naturally and very simply. Most of us, um, we go against the grain. We go against different things, and but that's just how humans are. Humans are like that. Number one, we're we're rebellious by nature. You know, we we want to we want to be kind of, you know, contrary sometimes because that's that's also a way to protect ourselves, and not all we'll just accept things for what they are. And I value that in human beings that you know we don't just take first word and first thing. We think, we process, we sit there, and we go. I wonder if anything he says has any value, you know, and we don't even think like that. It just goes through our body, goes through our system, because then it goes to grandma, grandpa, mother, father, sister, brother, friends, and everybody that you ever met, everybody you ever knew. It flies through your head and it processes through the supercomputer, which we call the, the, the network of the brain and all the little, you know, neurons that are in there firing and synapsing, you know, and in a matter of uh, light beyond faster than light speed, you know, you're processing all this stuff. And, you know, our imagination is powerful. You know, it's more powerful than anything. I mean, that's why we have the things we have today. We have computers today. We have lights today. We have all these different things today because somebody had the imagination and the will to fill their cup and to fill their ideas and fill the world with something that, you know, somebody else may have laughed at. Could you imagine the first person? So I'm going to invent a light bulb, you know, and I'm sure it wasn't. It wasn't any of the Edisons or it wasn't, any, you know, anybody who we think it is. And I'm sure there was somebody who just probably did it a couple of times. And it worked for about a couple of seconds and then they gave up because it wasn't, they couldn't do it. They just, just didn't have the drive. Some of us are, are sowers of the, of the seeds and some of us are the, you know, the gardeners and some of us are the weeders and some of us are, are the ones who pick the gardens and we move it forward. I mean, we all have purpose. We all have our, our things that we do. So when you have dreams and ideas, you know, sometimes we give up on them too quickly. And that's why it's important to write down the things that are important to us because, you know, we forget. Uh, it's a flight. It's like that boom. It's in and out and gone because we're so we're all connected. We're all communicating constantly. We're like the trees. We communicate in, in ways that you don't even imagine. You can't even imagine how we communicate. You can look at somebody. You can look somebody in the eyes and say and communicate with them. And without them even looking back at you. You know, they can smile, they can nod, and you know exactly what they're saying. You know, before we had, you know, verbal, you know, vocabulary, we had sounds and we had movements and we had 
you know, whistles and cries and, and grunts and grunts that meant something. And, you know, now we have a sophistication of, of sometimes some language that we use now. It's not the first languages. There's been thousands of languages, you know, languages that have lost through time. But how we communicate. Plants have a communication skill. You know, they communicate with us. They, they sense and they send CO2, oxygen, the contribution of that, you know, back and forth, sending it back and forth between each other. That's a communication. And if you don't think there's communication going on there, you know, there's it's on a molecular level that we can't even understand. It's so minute, it's so small, but it's there. It's very powerful. I mean, just like the atoms in our body and the atoms in this table, the atoms in this microphone, it's all there and it's all come together. It's structured in communication and form and waveform and working together. But these are imaginations. These, This is somebody's cup that was filled. And that's why I said, you know, fill your cup. Go out there and do the best you can with what you have and the tools you have. And uh, whatever you fill it with, it's really up to you. But, you know, the magic you are, you are the magic, like you hear me say, because when we start to apply our belief systems, we start to apply the things that are important to us, other people will notice. <clears throat> if that's your goal for other people to notice, they're going to notice either way if you do it or you don't. And the ones who usually step out of their comfort zone, the one who usually steps out of the crowd is the one that's either going to get ostracized, ridiculed, or praised. There are many of artists that we all studied over the years who stepped out of the crowd, did things that, you know, were out of the ordinary or different. And, you know, they got ostracized. They got made fun of. I mean, to the point where, you know, these people actually killed themselves. These people did damage to themselves, hurt themselves, because they thought they were going insane. They thought they were going crazy. But I'm not saying you all have to do that. But, you know, it's just it's just one of the things. Don't quit. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your, when you're filling your cup. Don't stop. The last thing you want to do is give up because somebody else doesn't have the desire to move forward or, or, or progress into a space where, you know, they see things better. There are going to be a lot of no-sayers, a lot of people who don't want you to get to the place that you want to be. And there's also going to be some sacrifice, too. You also have to let go of some things temporarily or forever to move into the space that you need to be. And that's probably more difficult for people to let go of things that are comfortable, things that are familiar. Because that means that I may not see them again or I may not be part of them again. But you know what? It could used to be something completely beautiful, something can manifest even more, more magical than it was before. So when you're out there and you're trying to do things, I mean, how many of you have had great ideas? How many of you, let me let me tell you this. How many of you sat at the TV, watching TV, because some of you do, and you're sitting there and all of a sudden you go, oh my God, that was my idea. I saw that. I thought about that. You sure did. You absolutely did. You and one, one billion per other people or one million other persons who manifested that too. There is nothing new under the sun. That's what they say. So when we think something, we put it out to the universe. We manifest it already and it goes through and it goes. And I don't know the process and how it works and how it flows, but I know that some people are good thinkers and great ideal people and they can create things. But that's as far as they can go. That's as far as they're willing to go or their ability takes them. But when they let go, what happens is we create it into the universe and it floats through the ethers. That word, we don't use that word too much anymore. And so, you know, from one spot to another spot, it appears. And then eventually that just keeps moving around until one day somebody grabs it and says, ah, it's a great idea, but nobody's done it. So I'm going to take it to the next step. I'm going to patent it. I'm going to reconstruct it. And I'm going to put it together and I'm going to see what I can make out of it. 
And then you know what? This person finds investors, this person finds a company, somebody believes in them and their friends or family. And the next thing you know, they're creating something. These success stories, you hear them all the time. Somebody just doing. What you don't hear and what you usually don't read about is the work that was put into a lot of this stuff. You know, the hard, uh, you know, ground floor that was laid for this. So anything that you've ever thought about, create about, you know, it's out there and somebody else is manifesting and grabbing it and taking it and absorbing it and using it. It's just like when somebody yells at you, you know, the feelings resonate and reside inside you. You're, you're like, you hold that for a while or you let go of it. It's the same way if someone says, I love you and I care about you and you hold that and, you, and that resides inside you. It stays in your heart, stays in your spirit, you know, because we're affected that way. That's kind of how it is. So when you're out there manifesting and creating and filling your cup, think about that. Think about all those little things, especially children. You know, when you think of children, children are amazing little people. You know, they're just, they may not be 100% of our population, but they are 100% of our future. So imagine our future, what we're going to teach our future. What do we teach our kids and what they watch by the example and how we teach them to fill their cup? You know, it's up to us to lay some groundwork for them to look at things a little bit different. Not necessarily to uproot everything and destroy everything. It may come to that. But a lot of our kids today just do what we do. We do what our parents did. We're still doing it. We're all getting jobs. We're all worried. We all fret. We fret because we don't have enough. We can't pay enough. You know, we fret because, you know, we have to work three jobs instead of two. When do we have time to have any downtime for ourselves or our friends or our family well sometimes you don't it's like that but you know teaching our youth teaching the kids our grandkids our family if if you have that ability and that opportunity and sometimes you can teach your kids and you know what what you taught them goes right out the window i mean unfortunately you know you have to understand these little people are on loan to us these little people our friends our families you know kids whatever grandkids they're really on loan to us temporarily for a short time you know so eventually they have their own ideas and their own ideals and then they start to move and manifest in their own creations as well what i'm hoping they see is you know is if the world can improve can we have peace can we be in a place where man can just man and woman can just live and coexist in their belief systems without wanting to blow each other up or kill each other or steal from one another or you know hold back the cures for cancer, hold back the cures for, you know, diseases. You know, everything is from the earth. Everything's from the planet. So everything that we need to heal ourselves physically, emotionally, spiritually, it's on this planet. It all comes from here. So, I mean, there is a cure for everything. There is a way to fix things. There is a way, but we have to work together. We have to communicate together. We have to step back into the old ways sometimes and study you know how our ancestors lived you know there's a lot of people who came before us to get us to where we're at today we're here today because of the groundwork that was left and built by people before us you know my great-grandfather his father his father his mother his father boom 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 just down the line there's a lot of ignacios before me and a lot of them genetically have passed through my body and through my mind and and i know some things and some things i don't know where it comes from it's because we're creating we're constantly creating constantly evolving i'm a version 
of my father and mother. And then my kids are a version of, you know, their parents and how we manifest forwardly. So really, I'm a different version of my dad, but I'm sort of like my dad, sort of like my mom, but I'm me at the same time. So I'm also carrying, you know, their genetic makeup, their genetic code forward as my kids do. And it's really fascinating when you start to think about that, how we never really truly die, you know, unless, you know, there's no more kids and we just, the, the line stops. But, but just the manifestation, you know, I have my grandkids and I watch my grandkids and my, my little grandson are completely different than my granddaughter. My granddaughter, when I look at my granddaughter, you know, it's like looking at yourself kind of in the mirror. You're sitting there, you go, oh my God, that little girl does a lot of things I do. My kids don't even do that. It's almost like a past generation, you know, my, my daughter laughs because she crosses her legs or she's sitting on the couch and, and she drums and, and different things like that. So, you know, the, that co, you know, that co-creation, you know, and watching that, you know, my, my kids evolve and change. And then, but really the magic is watching my grandkids and I'm sitting there going, oh, this is amazing. This is amazing to watch me move through the gene pool and parts of me have moved into you know my granddaughter and my grandson and it's funny i mean i don't know if those of you with grandkids have noticed that but i sure have and i think it's fun it's a, it's it's an amazing feeling to sit there and go wow you know and this is me filling my cup and this is me creating and manifesting and putting forward you know ideas and stuff in my mind and you know it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing when we see it, but we can do this with the world. You know, we can do a lot. And I hope the world one day says, you know what? I've had enough of all this war. I've had enough of all this, you know, poverty and people starving in other countries. I mean, we have the ability to help, but we're so, we're in our dogmas. We're in our dogmas of the world and thinking, you know, we can't help this guy because we could possibly get sued because they might have an allergic reaction. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know the stories. I don't need to get into it too much. But, you know, like the article I read about the the, the lunchroom where the kids, you know, were had to wear bracelets because their parents hadn't paid their, their fees, you know, for lunch fees. So they weren't allowed to eat or whatever. But then this food gets thrown away. This food doesn't even get sent to the homeless people. I mean, thousands of, you know, tons of food go wasted because of, you know, policy. You can't take it home because you might get, you know, you might leave it out and you might get sick and then you'll blame me. You know, we're more worried about being sued, more worried about the little, those little, you know, political stuff that we don't even think about that we could help people. We can write it off if we, if we just throw it away. It was a loss, you know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm just like everybody. I get frustrated too. And I sit here and I go, wow, this is crazy, you know people getting bombed in gas and then we bomb them and then you know it's just it's a vicious cycle that never ends but i'm going to fill my cup personally i'm going to fill my cup with the things that i find are important and things that i want to share with the world you know these this radio show you know my my drumming my holistic practice you know whatever i can just share however i can uh, just being a friend to somebody being a friend to myself but getting to know yourself is going to be the key. And, and what you put in your cup is important and valuable. Remember, you can also take it out of your cup, 
things you don't like, the things you can always change. You don't have to keep it in there. That's the cool thing about a cup. It becomes empty, and then you have to fill it again. It becomes empty, and fill it again. And you can leave it empty if you want, and you can leave it full. Mine's got coffee. Café con leche. The best. Mama Rosa's recipe. But um, anyways, that's basically all I have today. You know, talking about just how you fill your cup. Because no one else is going to fill it for you. There are people who are going to be participating with you. They're going to be on your journey with you and walking with you as you fill your cup. As you both or group fill your cup. And you all kind of work simultaneously on, on similar goals. But even when you're working on a common goal, you're still working on your own things. You, you're still... There's things you add and contribute and the things that you're going to get in return. So being open and being a vessel and not expecting, but giving and receiving, you know, it's magical. Like I said, we're magic. We're all magic. If you want to see magic, well, become magical. Don't be grumpy. Don't be upset. You know, that stuff takes a toll on your body. So if you don't want to be there... Figure out ways to get you out of the grumpiness and move forward. Anybody can be grumpy as well as anybody can be happy. And those people who are happy, you know, they're there. But it, they, that might have taken them years to get there. It might have taken them five seconds. They, regardless, fill your cup. Do your best. Fill your cup with the loving, nourishing things in your life. And with that, I just want to say thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you guys. It means a lot to me when you take time just to get to hear me flap my lips, you know, and share. But um, tonight we have a drumming at the All Life Center in Columbus, Ohio. It's a full moon drumming. So hopefully you can join us at 7 p.m. If not, then um, just tune into another Iggy Garcia Live. They usually are on twice, once, uh, every two weeks. Every two weeks they're either going to be on the morning or the night. So you have to kind of like look for me. There's no real set time on this particular show. It's because, um, you know, I just kind of like to keep it spontaneous. I like to be able to be in the moment. So be in the moment. Enjoy the moment. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And uh, if you ever have questions, you know, you can give me a call. My information's on com. Send me an email. Send me a text, whatever. And we can chat it up. And uh, with that, Ho'oponopono. Have a good evening. And I'll talk to you guys soon. You know people who get all serious around food? My friend Greg is one of these people. He'll be like, ooh, what is that? You got a hoagie? Yeah, you got a toasted hoagie bun. Nice. Is that a tomato peeking out? Yum. Uh, yes, and you can stop staring at my hoagie, Greg. Head over to Tim Hortons for freshly made-to-order hoagies, now just $3.29. Choose from four tasty options like classic chicken, turkey, Angus steak and cheese, or ham and cheese, just $3.29. Great quality at a great value. It's all good at Tim Hortons. Price and participation may vary.